All right, I'm ready whenever you are. All right, welcome back to the Moose Bros podcast, where we talk about sports, mainly football. I'm Harris, Hancho Harris on the gram, here with the Jaguar King, or I mean Moose on the gram, and Jaguar King, too. Power moves are being made this week, so let's get it. Before we get into the power moves, did you want to talk about Thursday Night Football? Yeah, um, I actually didn't watch the game. I, like, forgot it was on. So Yeah, as did most of America. <laughs> this is America's division, and nobody really gives a shit about it. Um, well, I mean, I'm sure you saw the memes. New York's best runner now that Saquon's gone, Daniel Jones, busted down the field, running at, like, I don't know, 23 miles an hour or something, way faster than Tyreek Hill ever could muster up. And then out of nowhere, I, I saw somebody tweeted, uh, he looked like he was falling like it was a, I think it was Stefan Diggs, said he, he looked like he was falling like it's a horror movie. Yeah. I, Did you see all the memes? Yeah. I, right when I woke up, I, I completely forgot it was even Thursday and there was a fucking game. Right when I woke up, every single social media account that had anything to do with sports, it wasn't even sports related. It was like, who the hell makes fucking memes and shit now? Every single person just had him fucking falling on his face. I was like, what the fuck happened? And then, obviously, when I watched the full play, I realized that uh, he just he just completely fucking beefed it. Um, what it looked like to me when he closed up on his face is like uh, when they have those explosions, like, you know, those in action movies, and the guy's face is like, you know, you know what I mean? That's what it looked like. He's just like at the end, like on his last fucking step before the whole building explodes. Uh, so that's what I thought was pretty funny. It was just, it's just really funny that that happened to a professional athlete, I think, because I think at the end of the day, how many people could really sprint? And I think he hit like 22 miles an hour, like just like something like just shy of what Tyreek Hill hit. I call bullshit on fucking those next gen stats. What the fuck are those for? We can clearly see Tyreek Hill would kick the shit at this guy in a fucking race. All of a sudden he runs faster than him. Maybe he was in those speeds. Who the fuck knows? But and clearly, probably why he lost balance. He probably never hit, ran that fast in his life. But, um, yeah, super funny. I just think that when you think about it, 1% of America could probably run 80 yards down the field in a fucking full football pad and uniform and not give out halfway through. So can't can't blame him too much, but I think it's just the fact that he's a professional athlete and just fucking fell on his face on national TV is pretty funny. Yeah, it's not something you, like you said, expect from a national athlete, someone who kind of runs for a living, I guess. I'm sure in practices and stuff, that's all he does is run, but he's probably never had to sprint 80 yards down the field with guys chasing him. I think, I think, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think also, too, he definitely did not expect to have, like, just pure green in front of him. So I think yeah. he felt like somebody was on his neck and there, there definitely wasn't. And I think that's what led him to continuously like sprint like a fucking madman. Um, yeah. Because he definitely wasn't expecting like, okay, his fall was pretty fucking dumb, but dude, that defensive end who got fooled by that play, the uh, oh, read option, man, that. that guy looked yeah. fucking stupid out of his fucking mind. It looked like he was legally blind. 
The dude looked like he had a, a walking stick and a fucking dog or whatever the fuck those are called. The fucking yeah, a walking dog. The eight, or guide yeah, dog. the guide dog in front of like looking for the running back while Daniel Jones is fucking <laughs> nothing but like green in front of him. And everyone is making fun of Daniel Jones for falling on his face, which is funny. But that defensive end needs to lose his job. I've never seen a defensive end look dumber on that play. Yeah, except for Taven Bryan. Oh, yeah, that was fucking ridiculous. But that wasn't on national television, so he got away with it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think that's why he fell is because he kept expecting somebody to tackle him from behind, and nobody came around, so he started looking around, and that's why he started, like, wobbling and then fell down. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I can imagine if you're a quarterback who never – I mean, he scrambles here and there. He gets some runs, but he definitely didn't think he had that much space in front of him and that nobody was near him. Super funny. Um, yeah. And couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah. Didn't it happen, though? Was it the Eagles that it happened to before, too? Where someone, it was like a receiver caught it and had a wide open field. I feel like it was Riley Cooper that caught it at like a wide open field and just like fell. Shit, I want to find out who it was now. I don't know. I feel like that happens a lot when the players get sniped, but I don't know. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't put my finger on the last guy who did that. I don't know. I can't figure out who it was, but yeah, that's. I feel like it was an Eagles player that fell after having like a wide open catch and just green grass in front of him, and everybody's like, "Oh, I got, I got tackled by Manti Teo's girlfriend or whatever." Um, but going on the other side of the ball, the Eagles. I actually shut the game off after Sterling Shepard caught that touchdown that put him up by, I don't know, whatever it was, um, eleven or something. And I was like, all right, well, this game's over. There's no way Philly's coming back. But somehow Philly pulls it off. I feel like they're, like, the toughest team in the league. Like, these guys never give up. Like, they came back last night. They almost came back against the Ravens. They, I think they fucked up a two-point conversion. Uh, they kept it, you know, they were, they were in the game when they were playing the Steelers. Uh, they beat the 49ers, so... You know, for some reason, even though their record doesn't show, I mean, this is only their second win of the year, I feel like they're a tough team. And, I mean, I know Carson Wentz has been struggling. He's missing wide-open receivers. But he's also hitting some really – like, he's the most inconsistent quarterback in the league. And somehow, though, he does not give up. He's, like, the toughest guy out there. Um, and they just stay in games. So, considering now that – Dallas is no longer a threat. I feel like they got the NFC East pretty much on lock. Yeah, I think they're definitely the best team in the NFC East, especially with Dak out of the question. Uh, Although being the top of the NFC East isn't the best feat. But I think, yeah, a lot of their play um, is due to Carson Wentz. Uh, Very inconsistent, can make uh, a perfect pass like that pass he did to win the game. But then also that pass where he threw – like to nobody threw it to James Bradbury for the interception. I don't know if he was trying to throw it out of bounds. There was that receiver there, maybe just completely airmailed it. Who knows? Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I feel like Ben Roethlisberger was always like that. He put up good points, put up a lot of yards, but also made like the dumbest throw you've seen. But then also in the fourth quarter, when you needed him, he always came through. Right. Uh, so he kind of reminds me of like that young Ben Roethlisberger who was like a gun gunslinger, trusted his arm. He always held on to the ball too long and he tried to play hero ball, even though it was not needed. Like you could just play the smart play. Uh, he kind of reminds me of that quarterback. So I think the reason they've been inconsistent is 
ultimately due to Carson Wentz inconsistency. Um, but I think also, like you said, the reason they're in these games and they're playing tough is because of Carson Wentz. So a lot of people are giving him shit, but truth be told, who does he really have to catch the ball? Like if you're not a, if you're not an Eagles fan, you don't know those guys. Yeah. You like genuinely have no idea who those guys are. I mean, he's still got Deshaun Jackson, who again he got just hurt came last back, night. Right? Yeah, but he, I think he got hurt again last night. I think he's got out like a high ankle sprain now. Um, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey was out. His tight ends were both out. I mean, their injury list was a fucking book. And even during the game, like Lane Johnson got hurt. Um, I think Jason Kelsey might have gotten hurt too. So like their veteran offensive linemen, it's just like a rotating door of offensive linemen there too. So, team, you know, he has made bad throws, but he's also shitting his pants every time he catches a snap. Yeah, that that's what I mean. The cast around him by no means is some sort of all pro, pro bowler cast, and I think he's yeah he does have awful throws. He does look like a dumbass a lot. But he is the reason that Philadelphia right now is in the mix to win their division and in the mix, in the mix of these games and winning these games. So he gets a lot of shit, but I also think that, you know, sometimes you have to give credit where credit's due. Even though he is that second overall pick, he shows you flashes of why he's the second overall pick. And he shows you flashes why he played at North Dakota State University. Um I don't know. I just think he does. People aren't giving him with credit where credits due, and I, Eagles aren't going to scare anybody, especially with the weapons they have now. No offense if you guys are listening, but yeah. like the four four lessons we get. Yeah, <laughs> but you have to uh, you have to just give give them credit for cl- you know clawing back in the game, regardless if it's against the Giants. You know what I mean? They they've been uh, inconsistent, but. They're making it work. Yeah, yeah they're, they're tough. I mean, even, they're even just playing through injuries, too. So, got to respect that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for Thursday night. I don't know if anything else exciting happened last night. No, I just watched the highlights. Uh, I didn't even watch the whole game. I completely forgot it was on. So, oh, yeah. I can't really comment much on that. Um, so, did you want to move on to some power moves? Yeah, let's get to it, man. It looks like Yannick is just traveling the world. He said, fuck it. I quit my NFL pursuits. I'm going to do that one movie with, uh, what's his name? 80 Days Around the World with uh, Jackie Chan. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, dude. I This was really surprising when it happened. And also, as a Jaguars fan, a tearjerker. Uh, <laughs> that defense is supposed to be ours, but it's not. Um <laughs> I mean, they only got two Jaguars on there. It's not like they're taking over everybody. No, but, I mean, we could – I mean, Calais didn't want to leave. Yeah, Yannick wanted to leave. But, of course, I think you just look back and be like, what could have been, right? They could still yeah. be on this team producing, especially when the defensive line for Jacksonville is like – you could you could literally punch through them. They're like a piece of paper. <laughs> but, anyway, um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was super surprising. And at the time, it, it really didn't make sense to me. Especially for what they traded for him, like the Ravens won that trade through and through. Like I don't even understand what the Vikings did, but the only thing I could think of of why they did this trade because he was producing on the field. The only reason yeah, I, could I think, think of, he's leading the league against sacks right now, or he's tied for the lead. I think so. He has five sacks through six games. So yeah, 
he he's so if you, I mean obviously if you get one sack a game you're gonna have at least freaking sixteen sacks which is yeah. incredible production at the rate he was going I guess but what I think happened is he was on another shitty team again and he did not want to go through with that he did not so I think that he was not going to sign with the Vikings at the end of the year I don't think he was ready to go through whatever the Vikings are gonna go through whether it's a mini rebuild a completely rebuild. Or stick it with Kirk Cousins even next year, whatever the hell they're gonna do. But I just think he did not want to do that again, and he probably told them like, "Listen, I'm not signing at the end of the year." So I think that the Vikings were like, "All right, fuck it, trade this guy. If he's not gonna sign with us, then just trade him. Let's get what we can for him." That's the only reason I could see them getting rid of him, unless he like completely didn't. You know, sacks are one thing, stats are one thing, and you can get like garbage time sacks, you know what I mean? Or garbage sacks where like the quarterback, you know, trips and you just fall on top of them and get those things. You can get a lot of sacks doing stunts. So I don't know how much, I, I haven't watched a lot of them to be like, yeah, he's winning his one-on-ones and he's dominating. But it's the only thing I could think of, of why the Vikings would get rid of him. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, I think, I mean, there was, you know, stories that he's been trying to get to Baltimore, where he's from, uh, since he was still with Jacksonville. And I can see Jacksonville, you know, not wanting to keep him in conference, although that's usually it's only uh, in division. But I can see Jacksonville try- being like, yeah, you know what, we'll uh, we'll move him to the NFC so we don't have to worry about him. And then, I mean, essentially Minnesota rented him for a one-round one pick because they gave up, a was it a second and a fifth? for to jacksonville so they got back a third and a fifth so essentially they got their fifth round pick back and they traded a second for a third albeit a high second for a low third so i mean they essentially uh you know rented yannick for six games or five games and then like you said they they probably realized like we're not as good as we thought we were going to be you know captain kirk isn't working out right now we're probably going to be going towards rebuild or a semi-rebuild so if this guy's not going to stay with us let's just you know get our picks back i guess and we just you know have to swallow the loss of one round but yeah i I think you're you're right as far as yannick realizing that he doesn't want to be on another shitty team or another team that might be going through a rebuild he wants to win now and baltimore gives him that best chance and i mean if you compare the defenses between Baltimore and Minnesota, he's in much better hands in Baltimore. I mean, the team that he's got around him now with Campbell and Judon and um, uh, who the hell's the other outside or defensive end there? Oh, they got Derek Wolf, I think. Yeah, Derek Wolf. Um, um, even like their linebacking core and secondary are amazing too. So I think, you know, you know what Baltimore does offensively and how good Lamar Jackson is, and this is just, you know, another piece in the defense where he can be productive and contribute to a team that is a potential Super Bowl contender rather than, you know, a bottom feeder, I guess, at this point for Minnesota. Yeah, for sure. And the only thing I could think of is, like, yeah, he wanted to go back home, and he's from Maryland. Um, The only thing I could think of is – he didn't uh, like for him to not succeed in Baltimore, I guess, is if he doesn't have the freedom he had, um, you know, depending on the, the way they scheme their defensive ends, if they want him, you know, if they allow them, 
I guess the freedom of pass rush, don't lose, don't lose contain, and all that type of stuff. So there might be a dip in production in case there's a change in philosophy. But but by all accounts, though, he has a really good supporting cast around him where he would draw some one on one attention. Um, or if he does draw the double team, then the other guys win. So I think he's going to enjoy being in Baltimore, being close to home, and being on a team that's going to compete. Uh, for a playoff spot and, you know, possibly make a run at that Super Bowl. So power moves to him, I guess, for getting his way out of there, I guess. I mean, he he put himself in a great situation in Baltimore. And, yeah, I mean, like you said, he made a scary defense even scarier. He's either going to get those one-on-one matchups that he can win or he's going to draw double teams to help out the other guys. Not that they need that help, but it's always good to have. Yeah, and I don't know what their cap situation is like, but obviously he's on his rookie, uh, not his rookie deal. Yeah, he's still on his rookie deal. Um, but he, well, he's on that franchise tag, yeah, franchise, technically yeah. still, right? Yeah, so I don't know what the cap situation is like heading, you know, for Baltimore next year if he resigns, but I feel like if they're a good team and he's at home and being able to play in Maryland, they might be able to sign him for, to a long-term deal if that's their plans, if he works out. So, yeah, I think it's a, definitely a win in Yannick's book. I'm sure he's excited. Like, I'm sure he's not minding uh, taking a couple extra uh, airplane trips. Yeah, I think, I mean, they're going to have cap space next year, but that's because they're, uh, I think, Matt Judon and Ronnie Stanley are on the last years of their contract. So I think that might be why they're going to clear up a lot of cap. So I don't know how they're going to work in Yannick, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think even for him, if he doesn't resign in Baltimore and just has a successful season, he's a free agent again, and he can work with, you know, other teams he wants to go to. Whereas this year he didn't get that luxury because he got tagged by Jacksonville. I don't right. see the, I don't see Baltimore tagging him. Um, so, but obviously it's the NFL, you know, teams do whatever they want with these guys so but yeah ultimately i think it's a win for him yeah for sure uh another guy that baltimore picked up although not as big as yannick is des bryant who's been out of the league for a couple years i think they signed him to the practice squad but the expectation is that he will become one of their you know receivers probably in the next few weeks um do you think he's still got it in him or do you think his days are over I don't know, man. My man's been running on Instagram for like four years now. <laughs> uh, honestly, like there was one video I saw on Instagram. It was like, I don't know what it was, but it was like a montage of all the guys out of the league who still got it type shit, like Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, and whatever. Everyone looked good except Des Bryant. Des Bryant looked like an offensive lineman running a 40-yard <laughs> dash. I was like, dude, this guy definitely lost it. But obviously, I'm sure he worked out with them and had a good workout. And they're like, let's just take a flyer. And, I mean, he's probably still got it. Yeah. He's been staying in shape, obviously. He's been on IG just fucking flexing as hard as he could. So True. hopefully it works out for him. I'm rooting for him, uh, even though he, like, didn't look that good in those Instagram <laughs> videos. But I don't look good on Instagram either, so I can't, uh, you know, I can't fault him for that. But I'm rooting for him. I hope he finds a way to – because even when he kind of got cut and couldn't find a team – and then came back to the Saints and then, like, tore his Achilles or whatever the fuck happened to him. That was just a total shit, like, hand he was dealt with uh, for, yeah. you know, who's been a successful player, who's been a good player. So I'm uh, I'm rooting for him. I think, 
Honestly, I don't think he makes the team. I'm not even gonna like. I just feel like being out of football for that long. You could try and stay in and shape as much as you can, in terms of like running routes every day and work. You know, working out, eating healthy. But the actual grind of an NFL, you know, season and getting hit and all that. That's just like a whole new, a whole new wave. So, I think it's gonna be tough for him to make the team. To be honest. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean. The only thing that does help him is that he's been through it before. So essentially, he just took like a couple year vacation. Um, but considering who Baltimore has right now at receiver, like it's looking pretty thin. So I, I, I can see him making the team just due to the lack of talent at the receiver spot. You know, it's not not to say that they're not talented guys, but they're not what does Bryant well what does Bryant at least used to be. So if there's any indication that he can get back to anywhere where he was when he was with Dallas, I think he does make the team just based off of that. Yeah, maybe. This kind of reminds me of, uh, remember when the NFL did that experiment, the NFL, like, old people combine or whatever the fuck they did, where they just had, like, old veteran players who, like, can possibly still play in the league type thing, got cut early or something like that. And they had they gave him, like, a combine to, like, show him what they could do. And they all fucking sucked. Like the one guy who came out here, he was like a running back or something who ran like a four, three or four, four, like at the actual combine. And then fucking ran like a four, nine, like a four, (laughs) nine, four. And then like they interviewed him. Like, what'd you think of your score? And he's like, man, fucking sucks. I'm not making the team. This is bullshit. Like whatever. That's kind of what it reminds me of. The dude's been on the league for that long. Like who knows how fast he's still running. Who knows how crisp his cuts are and, how ready he actually is, but it's kind of reminds me of that. I don't know what it was for, but they set up like a combine. Everyone's like, this is a great idea. This is going to be beautiful. Everyone's going to get their chance, and everyone shit their fucking pants. Everyone was like so out of shape and running the slow-ass 40s, and like all their dreams instantly died, and like they just stopped it because like, all right, we can't. just realized how bad they really were now. Yeah, and like the NFL was just like, all right, this is getting us nowhere, so let's cut this out before one of these guys fucking stabs us. I mean, I think the one hope he does have is – I mean, it was an Achilles injury he had. I believe so for the Saints mm. when he came back that one. Because what comes to mind is Josh Gordon coming back and then going to New England and Seattle and still being a productive receiver, albeit not like he was with Cleveland. But, you know, seeing Josh Gordon and how he did kind of gives gives you hope that maybe Des Bryant can do it too. But Josh Gordon left for uh, substance abuse reasons, not uh, physical injury. Right, um, and also Josh Gordon is built like a robot, so <laughs> yeah. that that that's his favorite. That plays in his favor for sure. Yeah, we talked about Anto- or uh, AJ Green possibly getting traded a few weeks ago, where on the sidelines we were trying to do some lip reading, but this past week, uh, Fast John Ross said uh, trade me. So he was he was one of the first guys to request a trade. So do you think he goes somewhere before the deadline or? I think so. I think that somebody will give him like a seventh round pick or something to see what they have in him. Yeah. I mean, he has blazing fast speed. And if anything, he could literally be a guy just to run streaks for you and that's it. And if you have to give up a seventh round pick, which is typically when you pick those type of return specialists and those very special skill players anyway, because it's like you want to take a flyer on him. Like he's got this talent. Let's see what we can do with him. So he kind of, even though he's a firm, former first-round pick, it didn't really develop into the receiver that they wanted him to be. Right now, you know what he is. You know he's blazing fast. 
and you can like think about if Bill Belichick got a hold of him, right? Yeah. He would he would make him do what he needs to do, right? He would let, let him run streaks and fly routes, just freaking tire out the defensive back if that's yeah. the only thing you do. And then we we keep you while we gave up as a seventh round pick. We'll call it a day. Maybe he even develops into the receiver he was supposed to be. But I think I think somebody takes a shot at him. I don't know why he hasn't been able to crack the lineup at all with the Bengals. Maybe he is as bad as you know the Bengals think they, they, he is, which I don't know. Who knows? But he at least has something that is intriguing for teams to take a flyer on him, and I think somebody will give like a late-round pick to him. Yeah, his situation in Cincinnati has been really weird. Um, his first year, I think, like – all I remember is he ran an end around and he fumbled it and then he just never played again. Yeah. And then I was actually watching a Flemlo raps video where he was talking about John Ross and in 2018, I think he had like seven touchdowns and six, six of them were in the red zone, which is really weird when you consider his skill set. Like you think of him as a big play guy not a, mm-hmm. a red zone target. So it was very unusual to see him be like that successful in the red zone. And then last year, I mean, all I remember, was it last year where he had that touchdown on, I want to say it was on Vontae Davis, but maybe that was preseason, where he just like completely cooked him. Yeah, that was preseason against oh, the Bills. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, last year, I don't think, I don't know if he got hurt or whatever, but I feel like he didn't play most of the year either. So for a top 10 pick, that's, I mean, it's unusual to see that production in the red zone, but you definitely expected more out of him. Um, kind of reminds me of when Miami drafted Ted Ginn and didn't really get the production they wanted out of him either. Right. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, I hate that it always comes up to, you know, every possible free agent or trade goes to New England, but <laughs> I know, right? that's what it you, seems like. Because you feel like they just take those players that other people can't make it work with and, yeah. you know, and they do it. And the Saints are kind of the same way too, to be honest. Think like a player like Ted Ginn who didn't work out Right, but they're like, all right, this guy has blazing fast speed. He's never gonna be crushing you with his route running. He's never gonna be running these long developing or these like double move routes. Let's get this guy in a fucking post and a streak, and yeah. throw it out there to him because he's probably gonna smoke the corner. So, and they made it work with him. You know, he wasn't. They didn't treat him like he was a first round pick, and hey, be our number one guy. They treated him for what he was, and I think that's what Belichick and the Patriots always do, is. We're not going to make you what you're not. We're going to just emphasize whatever skills you already have and use you until we can't use you anymore. So I think that's why everybody always gets pinned to go to the Patriots is because they always find those guys other teams can't work with, and they make it work. So uh, we'll see. But I definitely think he definitely goes somewhere before the deadline. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, especially if he's coming out and saying, I'm unhappy here. Um, is this the last year of his contract? I'm assuming so. Uh, that I don't know. It could be. If that's the uh, case, then somebody might not trade for him just because they'll just wait while well, he's not yeah, he's not getting hit or anything. But who the knows? The Bengals declined his fifth year option, making him a free agent in 2021. So that could play a factor. But again, yeah. if it's a late round pick, then I could see somebody just being like, "Fuck it." Yeah, someone that's kind of that speed receiver away. Yeah. Um, so I think the first guy that actually came out with a trade request was David Njoku in uh, Cleveland. And it's 
it's starting to seem like Cleveland's almost falling apart. I mean, I guess do you see him leaving, and do you see other receivers kind of unhappy there too? Because Cleveland's starting to take an identity as a running team. Um, Baker Mayfield's really not living up to that first season hype and first overall hype that everybody was expecting him to. Um, I guess you can touch on David Njoku, but I think the bigger picture here is do you see Odell Beckham wanting out too, especially seeing his antics after the last game? Uh, Yeah, the the Cleveland Browns are incredibly interesting, especially because they got a new coach um, who obviously wants to envision the team the way he wants to envision the team. It's it's really tough to kind of paint a picture on what's going on over there. Sometimes I think it's just media hype, and they're just speculating that everyone's fucking getting traded. Odell's got his shoes off. He's unhappy. Yeah. Um, you know, Najoku is, you know, not getting the ball enough, or I don't know what the case is. But I think it all comes down to that head coach and who he envisions on his team. If he never thought Odell Beckham should be – you know, on the team, or if he never thought, you know, the tight end should be there, that he's going to deal them and get something out of them. And especially when a player displeased, like shows his displeasure and he's just like, I want out, then you're almost kind of, your hand is almost forced, you know, because it's not like in the back burner, you're working on a trade, you can get the highest possible pick or player. When a player comes out and says, you know, I'm done with this team, it all, it all will almost always lowers his value unless it's like an all pro like when Jacksonville got rid of Jalen Ramsey and he said I'm out I'm done I want to trade they got good compensation for him because of the player he was but someone like David Njoku was a starting tight end but he's not an all pro by any means it kind of lowers his value because they're like well he wants out anyway I'm not going to give him I'm not going to give up this pick and that also then sways the Cleveland Browns to be like fuck it we'll keep him I don't care how unhappy he is but we're not going to trade him for nothing but I really don't know. I feel like the Cleveland Browns are such a, like, you know, like I can't really figure them out and what that coach wants for that team. Yeah, I mean, he this is his first year. So, you know, David Njoku was already on the team before he came around and Beckham was already there and Landry, although I don't see Landry leaving. Um, yeah, I mean, rumors are coming out being like uh, Beckham's in the prime of his career and he's playing for a failing team, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's not putting up the numbers that he did when he was with the Giants, or at least at the beginning of his career. So I wouldn't be surprised if he asked for a trade, you know, to go to a team that's, you know, a potential contender. But at the same time, like, if everybody did that, I don't know. Like, you, you look at other, like, star receivers, like Larry Fitzgerald, like, regardless of how shitty Arizona was, he never requested a trade to be like, oh, I'm in the prime of my career, and, you know, I, I have a chance to go wherever I want to because any team will trade for me. Even, like, uh, Julio Jones, like, there's stories coming out that, you know, uh, Atlanta might trade him, but that would be the dumbest thing they could do, and I'm sure he doesn't want out of Atlanta either. So, I don't know, it's weird. Maybe because this is Beckham's uh, second team, like he already got out of New York, and it's almost like he's not tied down to any team. It's just weird to, I don't know, for for a receiver just to kind of LeBron it and be like, I'm unhappy with what you got here. I want to go to a team that can win. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I feel like maybe it's just my memory is skewed. 
But I feel like back in the day, no one used to just trade requests unless some shit really went down. No one was just like, this team sucks. Let me get out of here. I'm better than this team. Like you said, guys like Larry Fitzgerald and, you know, players like that who just stuck it out no matter what. And it, it's a tough it's a tough call to make because you're like, you want the players to look out for themselves to be like, they're busting their fucking heads every day. Let them make a decision on if, if it's worth it for them to be on this team or not. But then you're also like, not everybody gets that luxury. You can't just be like, yeah, give me the hell out of here. And then they make a trade. Everybody just be trading each other yeah. around the league and no one has a team. To, you know what I mean? So it's a really tough situation because you want the player to get what's best for them. You want to be on the player's side because the NFL is a business. And the Cardinals could have literally dumped Larry Fitzgerald to the side and not paid him any money and just cut him regardless of everything he's done for them. So I think that's the hard part where you're like, yeah, Odell, go ahead, trade him. Like he, He's unhappy. He definitely deserves a, a good team. Everybody deserves a good team. But that's just not the state of football. It's just that you know, you're always going to be on a bad team. There's always only one winner in the NFL. Yeah. So – I don't know. Sometimes you're like, quit being a baby, but sometimes you're like, dude, I'm not the one getting my head snapped every week, so I can definitely understand why he wants out. Yeah, I mean, it's... I understand what you're saying where, you know, the players got to look out for themselves, but it's almost like players are trying to form these super teams in the NFL by just picking, like, I don't know, four or five teams that every player seems to want to go to, and then you're just, you know, stuck with all these shitty... Not shitty players, but all these, like, non-superstars on you know average teams that uh, I don't know I feel like these players could help them out now in Cleveland like you said it's a weird situation where uh, you know Beckham's not being used to his full potential and they're not really a passing team or at least not taking on the identity of a passing team so you you want what's best for Beckham but at the same time you also don't want to create these super teams where you know these superstar players, uh, teams that are just full of superstar players and other teams that are just got like average dudes on there. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's a really weird, like, I just feel like back in the day, I don't remember this many, like as trade requests and stuff like that, but it'll be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys in Cleveland is dealt, but I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed either. So I think it's a toss up for those guys. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for our power moves section. Do you want to go on to weekend predictions? Pick six. Let's do it, motherfucker. And a pick and a six. All right. So last week you got six out of a possible eight. I got five. So That's right, motherfucker. <laughs> brings you up to 31. I'm at 26, so I'm f- uh, five points behind you. <laughs> that's all right, man. I still got half a year to go, dude. I can catch yeah, up. Yeah, half a year of these fucking. Like, Fuck out of here, dude. Huh? Just watch. I'll, I'll catch up after this week. Yeah, you got to catch up and fall on your face like Daniel Jones, <laughs> you fucking clown. All right, shut the fuck up. Your first game is the Lions at the Falcons. Oh, that one's actually kind of tough. I'm going Falcons. You saw nothing uh, with the Lions that impressed you last week in the Jags game? No, they kicked the shit out of them, and it was just – it was like a high school team versus JV team. So <laughs> – I'm going, yeah, I think Falcons take this one. All right, so my first one is the Browns at the Bengals. 
Man, if this was last week, I would have picked the Browns, but I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, I'm still going to go with the Browns, though. They they won the first meeting. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns. Uh, so you got oh, you got the Packers at the Texans. I'm going to go with Packers. I think they need a rebound. Texans had a f- good fight against Tennessee, but that's a division opponent, so they're usually close. I'm going Packers to take this one. Man, I got the Panthers at the Saints. Um, yeah, normally, I'd pick the Saints, but they've been they've been letting me down this year. And the Panthers are doing good for no reason. Teddy uh, B, dog, slinging it with his glove. No, yeah, he's going back to New Orleans against his former team. I'm still gonna pick the Saints though. They can't. Yeah, I have to do the Saints. Yeah. Shots fired at Teddy B. Yeah, I know. All right, you got the easiest one: the Bills at the Jets. Oh, should I go Jets just to fucking go for an upset? I would go Bills. I don't <laughs> think, uh, dude. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be incredible if they if they win this year. I feel like it's a total shit. Show. I can't remember. I've been watching football for a while, man. I feel like I can't remember a, a single team that was just so dysfunctional. And I'm a Jags fan, and I've been watching dysfunction for like decades. But this Jets team, I don't follow them obviously, but. Like, from the outside looking in, jeez. Yeah, I saw something saying that the Jets might catch the Bills off guard because Sam Darnold's back and something, I don't know. No way. I don't see it happening. Uh, I got Cowboys at Washington. Well, the NFC East. Yeah, I know. It's a toss-up the middle. It's a tough division. I'm going to give Andy Dalton his first starting win as a Dallas Cowboy. Nice. I mean, Washington let me down last week. I thought they were actually going to beat the Giants, and they didn't. Uh, you got Buccaneers and Las Vegas Raiders. Well, that was actually a good one. I'm going to go with Gruden on this one. Fuck it. Gruden, motherfucker. Yeah, Vegas has been winning some games that you don't expect. Yeah, so they're losing some that you do ex- you know. You expect them to win, and somehow they, they lose. So. Yeah, they're, they're iffy, but the... Tom Brady's getting a little too, uh, a little too big of a head over there in Tampa. So, oh. let's go, uh, let's go Raiders, man. Okay, go the Raiders. Raiders. Uh, I got the Chiefs at the Broncos. Um, yeah, it's gonna be hard to go against Kansas City, so I'm just gonna go with the Chiefs. Even though the Broncos did put up a pretty good matchup against uh, New England, getting a dub there. Uh, I think they just caught him off guard, though. Uh, you got the 49ers and the Patriots. Oh, that one's good, too. I got hard ones this week. You might actually catch up. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the Patriots. Uh, Bill Belichick. Has he ever, when's the last time he lost back-to-back games? Probably, I don't know, man. Probably since Nam. Yeah, back when I'm, Drew Bledsoe was quarterback or something. I'm, go, I'm going with Patriots. Bill, Bill Belly... He's not he's not going down uh two games in a row. Yeah. Um oh actually I think it was the one year where they started out like two and two or something they started out oh and two. I remember them losing a game to uh the Chiefs and everybody's like, Oh, this is it for the Patriots and then they just like knocked off like ten wins in a row. Oh yeah, did they go oh and two that year? I think so. Um, I think they started oh and two. Maybe, yeah. But, that was yeah, like Bill ten Billy, years ago. <laughs> Bill Belly don't play that shit, so Let's go, uh, uh, take it oh, down. so I got the Jags at the Chargers. Oh, that was easy. 
Yeah, I wish I wasn't. I man, I want to pick the Jaguars, but I can't. There's no way. They would have to pull out some sort of miracle, to be honest. You know, yeah. it's weird. You're you'd think like all the if if it was a team between two, you know, a matchup between two good teams, that would be hard to pick. But it, it almost seems like the shitty team matchups are the harder ones to pick. Like which team's gonna suck more? Yeah, it's like what's who? It's a toss up. Um, because like they're both bad, and you could like one of them could just be a little better than the other one. Yeah, and you don't really, like really know. Um. All right. So the next three games we're both gonna have to pick because there's too many uh, teams on bye weeks. So I guess this is still part of the pick six. Um, we get that Steelers Titans rematch to see who's gonna be who's gonna stay undefeated. Who do Ooh, you got? Okay. I'm going Steelers. I want to pick the team opposite you, but I actually think the Steelers do win this one. Uh, I think their defense is actually really good, and I don't know if Derrick Henry is going to have his way with them. So the game was actually moved. The Buccaneers and Raiders were supposed to play Sunday night, but it's now it's the Seahawks and the Cardinals. So for the extra point, who do you got? I'm going Hawks. They got Cardinals shaking in their boots. I'm going Hawks. Yeah, I can't go against the Hawks. I mean... Oh, you going to you going against your Cardinals? That's yeah, your team this it's, year. It's dude. hard, man. I still uh, the Seahawks are more of my team than the Cardinals. Okay. Um, the Cardinals are like my underdog team. Um, and I'm assuming you're gonna go for two. Yeah, dude. What do I look like, Sean Payton? Oh, before before we talk about going for two before here, that kind of reminds me, the two point conversion plays that. The fucking Eagles were running yesterday <laughs> were absolutely absurd. You know, it's before that, though, they ran like a QB draw on like a third and seven. That yeah. was like one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. But there was like a statistic that that came out about two point conversion plays. And they said that a QB draw is like a 75 percent percentage like success rate or something yeah well that statistic went out the fucking window because they did it like 10 times and literally <laughs> got stopped so i just want uh, to throw that out there he, yeah he ran uh he ran quite a few qb draws last night because he got a touchdown well it wasn't a draw it was on an option that's how he got his first touchdown but then yeah it was a uh, third and goal from the seven and he ran a qb draw and got to like the two yeah and then yeah the two-point conversion i don't know they just loves qb draws for some reason up there he read that uh, analytic report yeah. that I did. Um, so, yeah, Bears at Rams. What do you got? I'm going Rams. I think Bears are a little uh, flaky. They're, they're somehow winning, even though everyone's like – I think everyone in the NFL is betting against them, but then they're somehow winning. But I'm going to go Rams. Uh, I, I, yeah, I want to – I can't. Yeah, I have to go Rams. It just makes no sense how the Bears are just carrying that offense. Like, that defense deserves some crazy praise because there's no reason, uh, no matter how much Meek Mill he listens to, there's no reason Nick Foles should be as good as he is. Yeah, Nick Foles or winning is, like he is. He definitely has Meek Mill in his headset. Uh, well, did you hear him talk about, like, the pregame songs or whatever? Yeah, he said he listens to, like, country and uh... – I think he said Christian rap. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bible music. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, but it is. Yeah. And uh, Meek Mill definitely doesn't do Christian rap, so. Yeah. Um. So he's so he's he's crushing it, man, with the music playlist. Yeah, definitely. I have to get it. I can check it out on Spotify, where our podcast is too. Oh, good plug. Well, that wraps up our week seven uh, predictions. 
wraps up our week seven podcast. Thank you for listening in. Um, if you want to hear more of us, just subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you want to hear or see the clips we've broken up with this, just check out our YouTube channel. That's it. Go Hawks. Nice.